The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo, provide a phenomenal customer experience, and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place. If you're keeping track, this is The Customer Edge with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. And this is episode number 10. Today, if you don't know where you are, it's Wednesday, February 4th, 2015. And we're delighted to have you on board. Our topic today, the modern customer journey. Forget about the marketing funnel. A lot of meat on the bones there. Lots to talk about. Let's get started. The buzz. It's a journey. We are witnessing a great transformation in the relationship between companies, your company, and your prospects and customers. What's going on? What's changing? Well, the modern customer journey doesn't follow the traditional linear path. You remember the good old days. Now it can start, it can stop, it can go forwards, backwards, and loop-de-loops, and all the while it's crossing multiple channels and touch points. Hey, the customer finds you however they want, whenever they want, wherever they want. It's really up to them. So even more challenging for marketers today than all of what I just described, the journey is unique to each customer and to each time they want to buy something. They might be on their mobile phone one day. They might be on a computer on the web one day. They might be on the phone with your customer service people one day. You never know where that same customer is going to want to find you. If you do the math, I know you all have probably digital calculators somewhere, you'll see why you have to be prepared to address what could be an infinite number of possible customer scenarios. What do you need to do? You need to have real-time, relevant, contextual customer experiences ready for them every single time, or guess what? They might go somewhere else. Are you ready? Do you think you're ready? We have a panel of experts who are going to help you figure it all out. First up on the panel is Craig Borowski. He is a market researcher at Software Advice, and Craig sent me the following quote from Bill Gates, and here it is. Your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. Sounds painful. Craig, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm excited to be here, and uh, I appreciate the invitation. I think it'll be a very interesting conversation today. It's going to be so. You're up first. Why don't you start the conversation? Why did you pick this quote from Bill Gates, and how does it relate to our topic about the marketing funnel and the customer journey today? Go ahead, Craig. Okay. Well, I chose this quote from Bill Gates. Um, It was actually in a book that he wrote in 1999 uh, titled Business at the Speed of Thought. Um, The central issue that he addressed in the book was basically how quickly the business landscape is changing and particularly how quickly the relationship 
businesses have with their customers is changing. Um, of course, the head of Microsoft, he had a heavy technology and software focus, um, which is something we here at Software Advice also share. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, the, the focuses that he, he chose for this book was that companies need to look at technology as a business asset rather than as an expense. And they need to ask themselves, how can they take advantage of all this information that's swirling around online and all over the place? And how can they use that to come up with a uh, competitive advantage in the marketplace? Um, And what's interesting to me is that he had his his finger on the pulse 15 years ago. Uh, Much of what he was concerned with are issues that are still being addressed today. Um, you know, there are no clear answers for a lot of companies. Um, it's certainly an interesting time to be observing the market. Um, so that's that's sort of my reasoning for having chose that quote. Very interesting, Craig. I, I'm most intrigued with your most unhappy customers part of the quote. And we know today, if you look at Google reviews and Yelp, very often it's the naysayers, the unhappiest of the unhappy, who are the most digitally vocal. They're the ones who want to blast a company and complain and, you know, bitch and moan. Uh, Companies I know are very challenged on how much attention do you pay. Do you go out and say, oh, yes, we'll give you a coupon for 10 more of this. We know you'll be happy with the next 10 because they're free and they'll be great. Or any uh, any insights before we turn to our second panelist, any insights from you from the perspective of software advice on how companies should be looking at and addressing those most unhappy customers? Craig? Sure. Uh, I would say the number one thing they need to do is they need to address them, and they need to address them quickly. Whether Mm. those complaints are surfacing on social media or over the phone to a customer service representative, uh, all of those issues need to be addressed quickly um, because the the public at large is watching. Um, And as far as we can see, technology, uh, integrated software, those are the ways that companies can uh, make use of this information, and that includes customer complaints. Thank you very much. And as Bill Gates would say, the greatest source of learning their complaints. There is gold in them, our complaints. Thank you, Craig. Great start to our conversation. Let me welcome our second panelist. She is Terry Sun, S-U-N. She's a senior AX strategist at White Rhino. And Terry has sent me a quote from Thomas J. Watson Sr., who amazingly was chairman and CEO of IBM for 42 years, from 1914 to 1956. I don't know who else has had a run like that. Here's the full quote. Bear with me. The toughest thing about the power of trust is that it's very difficult to build and very easy to destroy. The essence of trust building is to emphasize the similarities between you and the customer. Great quote. Terry Sun, how are you today? I'm excellent. Thanks for joining us. I, I went ahead and completed the quote. You sent me the first sentence. Yeah, I did my I homework and found yeah. yeah, and it makes so much sense for what we're talking about. So tell me, how did Thomas J. Watson's quote from so long ago come across your view for today's show, Terry? Yeah, it, it, it really does have a lot of applications to what we're talking about today. I think for me, no matter who you're talking to or where they are in the buyer's journey, it's really important that you first establish a level of trust with them. Um, and as Watson really pointed out, trust is a really delicate thing. It, it is very hard to build, and it also can be quickly destroyed. In fact, uh, neuroscience tells us that uh, people won't even listen to you if you don't have trust in place. The, the minute that they sell a smell, uh, uh, smell a sales pitch 
or they start to sense that you're um, saying something a bit skeptical, it triggers a part of our brains that sends us into survival mode. So the information that you're trying to get across can't even reach that rational part of their brain. All they can do is really protect themselves from this seemingly bad thing in front of them. And what's worse and what Watson was really trying to point to is that once you have one distrustful uh, distrustful interaction, it just fogs everything else. Uh, So the next time that you uh, try to reach out to that customer and the minute that they see your logo, maybe even before you've had a Mm -hmm. chance to say anything at all, the body remembers uh, that that first bad interaction and it directly goes into survival mode again. So it becomes this really uphill battle. And so that's why it's really important from my perspective to make sure that you're building trust with your customers across the entire buyer's journey. Uh, you don't know when someone's first or last interaction with you is going to be. Um, and if, if you do it right, I think what uh, Watson started to allude to at the end in terms of how to build up trust, if you're able to um, to show the similarities and build that level of trust, then everything else about marketing becomes a, a whole lot easier and, and you start to be able to have those real conversations with your customers. Thank you, Terry. Great insights. And you know what's complicating it, I think, even more is that people are reading reviews and hearing war stories, if I can put big quotes around that term, from their friends, from their relatives, from their neighbors. They can hear horror stories and war stories from people they know. And Terry, that's probably implanting in their brain. And I know you're talking about the the insights from neuroscience today, which we didn't talk about years ago. They're hearing those war stories and they're thinking, oh, my mother had a terrible experience with that company. Do I dare do business with them. Oh, my neighbor didn't like what she got from such and such a company. I wonder if I should go there. I'll go there, but I have to be on the alert because it could happen to me too. So that's complicating it. When you say, Terry, it's like one degree from of separation is helping to inform should I or shouldn't I trust decisions on the part of a new customer? Oh, sure. And and that's why Craig's point that you respond to those reviews quickly and um, and really address them because uh, sometimes those, that trust building is happening before you've had a, an opportunity to really directly talk with that person. So the more you can do to monitor what conversations are going on around your brand and, and stay on top of that so that you can, you know, make sure that uh, you're building that trust at, you know, at any type of interaction they might have with you, your brand or with someone else who might be talking about your brand. Thank you, Terry. Good insights as well. And let's welcome our third panelist. It's Ryan O'Neill. He is a senior director of growth marketing at SAP. And we are doing some country music lessons here. Uh, actually, the quote is from a marketing lessons from country music blog by Ryan. And here's the quote from Clint Black. Those of you who are country music fans, wherever you go, there you are. I don't think he would have said it quite that way. Ryan O'Neill, welcome to the Customer Edge with Game Changers. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank, yeah, I had thanks. to. Uh, I had to pull something out. I'm based in Dallas, Texas, so I had to. I had to stay close to my roots and pull something out of the old uh, country music bag. So, Clint Black is a go-to. There you go. Good quote. So, what does it mean? How does it relate to our question about the customer journey? It's ins and outs, ups and downs, loops and not so much, and the old marketing funnel. Why don't you relate it for us, Brian? Well, that's exactly it. It's all the loops and all the things and, and the, the digital transformation we're seeing in the customer experience, customer journey. The fact is customers come in and out of the funnel at any time. They leave one part, they come back another part. It's actually more of a, I, I, I see it as more of a continuum. So the, the fact is 
wherever you are, there, wherever you go, there you are. That's the customer's perspective. And they're, and they're saying, I'm here right now, you know, Mr. Company or Miss Company. So how are you going to treat me where I am right now with what I'm asking you for? And a lot of times it's almost, um, it's almost a rite of passage in a sense where that interaction, where they first engage with you. If you don't successfully do that for them at the moment where they are, then they won't give you, they, there's a good likelihood they won't give you um, a chance to do something else for them later. So it really is that moment, and I, Google actually calls it Zmod. It's that, that moment of truth, that moment where they say, here I am, what are you going to do for me? I have a need. You have to satisfy that need before you can get to the next part. Um, maybe you like a relationship too. But I have another quote uh, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to sound too, too uh, Texan, I guess. Um, <laughs> stop, collaborate, and listen. That's from my, my old buddy, Vanilla Ice, for those <laughs> who recognize that phrase. And that's another one that you have to think about because really what we're talking about is, is where, they, where they are in the customer experience or the customer journey, where they are in this continuum. We have to stop. We have to listen. We have to collaborate with them so we can better understand how we can serve them to get them to that next point in the relationship and build that trust that Terry was talking about. So I thought I'd throw that in there, too. I didn't want people to think I was too, too country. Ryan, well, you can be country too much today because it's Clint Black's birthday, a little birdie just told me on Twitter here. So there you go. Can't be all bad. And you know something, Ryan, to your point and to Clint's point, if you don't do something right, if you have really bad customer relationships or that journey is bumpy and awful and memorable for all the wrong reasons, Clint Black and Taylor Swift just might write a song about your company and then you're in deep <laughs> you-know-what. So there is a danger point today. It's not just social media. It's the country music writers who love to write about real life. Am I right, Ryan? That is true. That's what country yeah. music is. It's real life. That's it. We just nailed it. So listen to my panel. Wonderful opening. And now I'm going to put the question of the day to you. And let's see what we come up with. Craig Borowski, you're up first. Since this show, The Customer Edge with Game Changers, is part of our bigger show called Coffee Break with Game Changers, I'm going to ask you the key question of the day. What are you drinking? What's in your cup, Craig? Or what do you plan to drink right after the show? Talk to me. Well, Bonnie, I am actually drinking some green tea from Taiwan. It's a uh, loose leaf tea. It's grown in the high mountains of central Taiwan. Uh, it's a very delicious beverage. I kind of picked up a taste for it when I was living in Taiwan and um, just enjoyed it ever since. Wonderful. And uh, by the way, we have a shout out from SAP CRM to all three of my brilliant speakers. You've now been dubbed brilliant speakers at, uh, it's at SAP CRM at, we're using hashtag SAP radio. And the three of you have already made a great impression. Thank you, Craig. Terry Sun, no pressure. What are you drinking today? Well, it's, uh, it's not what I'm drinking, but it's what I'm drinking out of. I, I tend to drink water all day long, but I try to make sure I'm drinking out of something a little bit fun or something that brings back a memory for me. And so today, it's a, one of those insulated tumblers with a plastic straw, and on the outside, it says Black Point Market. And it's actually from this really small convenience store that I used to walk to when I was on vacation as a, as a kid. My parents would give my sister and I a dollar each, and we'd walk a mile to the store, and we'd pick out whatever candy that we wanted for, for that dollar. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't even get a pack of gum today for less than a dollar, but I used to come you home can't. with just a bag full of candy. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. You look like you're so young. I can't believe you're telling this story. Yes, in the old days. I won't talk about my old days, but in the old days, a dollar would go far in a candy store. Thank you for the charming recollection, Terry. Great. And Ryan O'Neill, what's in your cup today? I'm actually doing a, a kind of a non-traditional, but it's AdvoCare Spark, and it's a um, kind of focus energy drink. It's uh, I have uh, I have plenty of energy to go around, but if I do coffee, I usually go straight off the jitter bus. So I, uh, this this <laughs> seems to give me a lot of focus energy and and without all the jitter. So that that's what I've got in my cup, and um, it's nice and cold too, which is uh, something I prefer. Wonderful. Well, I have to say that Stephen Kofal, C-O-U-F-A-L, Kofal, at uh, Software Advice, a colleague of Craig Borowski's, is tweeting and listening. He's on the line listening so he can share our our panelists' words of wisdom. And he said that here at Software Advice headquarters, Stephen has a delicious chai latte from JOS Coffee, Joe's Coffee in his cup. So, Stephen, thank you very much. And we're looking forward to more and more and more of your tweets. Don't drink too much coffee. You got to pay attention to the tweets here. Guess what? They only let Bonnie have water on radio show days. I wonder why. No caffeine for me. I am delighted to be here with our panelists. This is promising to be a very lively conversation, and it already is. Our topic today, modern customer journey. Forget the marketing funnel. And we're going to answer that very specific question when we come back after the break. I'm speaking with Craig Borowski at Software Advice, Terry Sun at White Rhino. We'll find out a little more about both companies later, and Ryan O'Neill at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Michael out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. A global revolution is taking place, shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built. This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers. They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens. They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. 
Welcome back, and we're ready to start our own journey on a 30-minute roundtable with my three esteemed panelists today, Craig Borowski at Software Advice, Terry Sun at White Rhino, and Ryan O'Neill at SAP. Topic of the day, modern customer journey. Forget the marketing funnel. And I'm going to ask my panelists during the roundtable. Let's find out why. Craig Borowski, you're up first, and I'm looking at the notes you sent me before the show. Some interesting comments. Let me read just a little, and then you'll go with it. Craig says, the view from 30,000 feet, the rug has been pulled out from under the traditional customer journey. Custom co- Companies, companies, your company. We're talking to everybody in our, our listening audience around the world. Your company needs a higher degree of a agility and awareness to keep from stumbling or falling face first. Sounds like a country song. Craig, why don't you expand this for us? Let's go. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, Well, this is just basically our take on what we see when we speak to companies who are trying to address the changing times. Um, And all of it really boils down to the digital communications, um, you know, namely the Internet, that consumers are using to get their opinions voiced and to reach out to companies and establish communications. The traditional marketing funnel was sort of a linear concept. You know, it began at one Mm -hmm. spot and it progressed through these stages to the final stage. We don't see that anymore. Now we see people, consumers, companies at all stages of the journey having access and influence to all the other stages of the journey. So to sort of... um, put a finer point on that, what a company does with their customer service these days affects their sales department, and that affects their marketing department. And these departments are interrelated now to a much higher degree than they were in years past. Um, And that is primarily thanks to instant communications uh, and the Internet. Craig, I have a question for you. Is this confusing when a company is trying to set up a marketing department on a sales force and using traditional methods? You talked, we talked about it's just not not your your mom's or your dad's or your grandma or grandpa's marketing function anymore. How do you set it up when a customer using social media or any digital channels can come in at what you're talking about the marketing funnel? There was a progression. That's right. And companies geared their marketing materials, whether it was brochures, whether it was white papers, whether it was messaging on their email subjects, whether whatever it was, they geared it to, well, at the first stage, we only want to tell the customer this much. That's all tossed out. Customers want what they want when they want it, and we all know that it said, I think, the customers are 60% of the way done with the buying journey by the time they even contact a company, contact a real person. How do you train a marketing department? How do you set up a progression? Or do you just throw it all on the table and say, okay, customers, here it is. Just take what you want. It's uh, potpourri time. How do you do that? Well, the, the trick really is finding the right balance. Uh, you know, this is all about information. It's all about data. It's about getting that information into the right hands at the right time so that it can be used to uh, to the company's advantage. So, you know, from, say, a, a customer service point of view, if you have an agent on the phone, they need to have all the relevant information about that customer at their fingertips. Um, and, and companies are looking to software to basically integrate the lines of information from these various departments into one cohesive system that they can use to make more intelligent decisions uh, at the company level, but also on the individual level for each particular customer they're dealing with, 
they want to make the best, most informed decisions. And that's really all about collecting all the information that's available, curating the most valuable pertinent facts, and not overwhelming the, uh, the company representative with too much information where they're left struggling trying to figure out what's relevant and what's not. Uh, so it, it's definitely challenging, but it's not a challenge that uh, is, is, is terminal. You know, this is something companies can work through, but it, it takes time and it uh, takes a different perspective, I think. Agility and awareness, keywords I picked up from your notes. Thank you. Terry Sun at White Rhino, what do you think of what Craig has put on the table? Thoughts? Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a great point about um, really making sure people are getting the, the right information at the right time. And I think a lot of it comes down to collaboration and understanding what uh, the marketing department is really good at and what the sales department is really good at. And, and then the marketing team really building and, and uh, supplying the sales team with uh, the resources that they need to be able to respond to those customer conversations and, and have an intelligent conversation in an area where they may not normally be comfortable having a conversation and working together to, um, to uh, address this, this really changing funnel or uh, almost eliminating of a funnel. Mm-hmm. Terry, does this take a new breed of customer service person or marketing gurus who will understand that it's it's now all thrown together in the pot and needs to be mixed together in the right proportions, the right formula, the right relevance, and come out with the right brew for the right customer? Is this a, a new wave of who is going to be doing the marketing and the sales? I, it's, I think it's a little bit, uh, for some people, it's, it's about wearing different hats that they're not used to, but uh, I think the, the really good marketers out there, they, they understand at, at the foundation how to, uh, to take a look at their customers, understand their customer needs, and understand how to deliver the right content or the right message to map to that. Um, so it's, I think for a lot of marketers, it's just more a change in, in how they think about it and, and how they approach it, but I think a lot of marketers have the foundation there in place. Thank you. Ryan O'Neill, join us. Thoughts? Yeah, so I think uh, it's actually the combination of a few things, but I, I, I agree. I think the, that there are tools that um, are available to marketers that we need to, and I, I kind of automatically in my mind go to like the data scientists, but marketers are becoming more scientific with their approaches and the tools that we have access to now enable us to do that. And one of the things that I think is important is to understand signals. We talk about, you know, the old version of the sales cycle and you, you, per, you know, you provide this piece of content for them at the stage one, this, this piece at stage three, this stage at, or this piece at stage five. And if they're not buying by the end of stage five, then we're all confused. We don't know what happened. Um, that's completely changed, as you said, thrown out the window. Now we have tools that help us understand signals from the customer. Is it social media behavior? Is it, they attended an event and they, they uh, called into a, a conference call or a webcast or something like that, and then they, re- they downloaded a piece of content from our website. What do those signals tell us and where they are in their experience or in their journey? Maybe not a buyer's journey, but in a, um, an audience journey, if you will, or, or a research mm-hmm. journey. Where are they along that continuum? And then how do we optimize and hopefully automate some of that engagement with the tools that we have access to? And then the other thing that we can do is, strategically deliver content that helps us qualify the audience within a particular stage of the engagement that, um, that we've defined. So we can, we can develop an audience journey or a buyer's journey, but understanding based on the kinds of content that they're engaging with, 
where are they in that in, in that journey, and what might trigger, and this is even more exciting, what might trigger their shift from one part of the continuum to another part of the continuum? Is it a customer service call, or is it a chat session they just had that's now going to send them back into a stage two of the, the journey versus the stage four or five, wherever they are now? So it's, it's signals and using tools and, and technology, if you will, to um, identify what those signals are and then, and then becoming strategic about how we manage those. Thank you. Craig Borowski, you want to chime in on this? Any thoughts for what Terry added or Ryan or both? No, sure, yeah. When Ryan was speaking there, I, I really enjoyed his perspective. And I, I think it's, it's important to remember that businesses that are facing these challenges should look at them as opportunities to improve their service. And I think a lot of what Ryan was mentioning and Terry also addresses that. What I see, though, speaking with a lot of companies looking for software is many of them are seeking a way to, uh, for better damage control. For example, you know, how do we manage complaints when they pop up on our Facebook page? Or how do we manage bad reviews on Yelp, things like that? So it's a, a double-edged sword, I guess, uh, the age of information we're living in. It can both be harmful to the objectives of businesses, but ideally and where I guess we need to shift the focus is how can we use all this information to improve what we're doing and to make things better for our customers. Thank you. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. We're going to go back to the word trust, which was big in the intro with Terry's son earlier in the program in terms of how do you get the customer, the prospect, to trust you? And, Terry, you also already mentioned um, neuroscience and how when you have a bad experience, that comes up. Your brain goes on the defense mode. You hear it. You see it. You see a company logo and it's, ouch, I'm not going to go there again, or I will with great trepidation. Let's talk about building trust. You sent me an example in your notes, Terry, about uh, healthcare clients who operate multiple cancer centers around the U.S. And, and just let me read one line, and then I'll ask you to jump in. You say, before the research that you did at White Rhino, the client, this healthcare client, thought customers cared about getting the best care possible from leading-edge technology to expert doctors. What did your research find out, Terry? I think it was very surprising. Why don't you tell us? Yeah, it, uh, it, it was very surprising in one sense. At the same time, it, um, it, it wasn't surprising because we, this is often what happens with uh, that sort of research that we do. Uh, so, you know, the, one of the best ways to understand what is going to build trust with your audience is, is to ask them. So we do a lot mm-hmm. of focus groups and one-to-one interviews to, to really understand the, the psychological drivers and the motivations behind our audience's decisions. And in this case, uh, I, like you mentioned, our client thought that customers really just wanted the top level of care. They, they wanted the best technology, the best doctors. And when we got into our focus groups, what we found was quite the opposite. Um, what they actually cared about was that they were being treated like people. They they wanted to know mm-hmm. that their doctors were going to be transparent with them, so they didn't really care so much about the doctor's credentials. There was a certain level of trust already that it was going to be a, a professional doctor with the right certifications. What they really cared about was, you know, could they feel comfortable in the care that they were receiving? Could they feel comfortable asking questions? Um, getting treatment for cancer is certainly a, a very scary thing, and and they wanted to feel comfortable in that situation. And, and so we ended up creating um, videos and other content all around this message about uh, how, how our client helps care for you and, and really takes a personal approach. And an appointment isn't just an appointment, but it's an opportunity for you to 
unearth questions that you have and, and make sure that you feel comfortable with the treatment that you're going to be getting. Um, and, and the results have just been really exponential in terms of the site traffic and, um, and just the, the, new, uh, the new patients that they've, they've been signing up once they took this turn and, and started focusing more on, on that emotional benefit to really build that, that level of trust with their audience. Terry, you know, we used to call this bedside manner. I think this is an age-old dilemma, the efficient clinician, technician, the Mm -hmm. doctor, whoever is there, being efficient and not wanting to get emotionally involved will just toss your diagnosis in your face or toss what your medication is or what the prognosis is or what treatment you need and not really look at you as a person and not make eye contact. So you're saying it's more important now than ever However they get there, the technology, the expertise, people want to be treated as people. So important. You hit the nail on the head. Before I ask Ryan to chime in, Terry, I just want to uh, uncover a little more from you, from your research. You say that all you need to profile a segment in terms of what are the insights you need into the psychology of your clients, your prospects, you don't need a massive focus group. You need, what, six to eight current customers or prospects. Terry, just give us a little bit more, please. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, what we've found is really successful and really understanding those emotional drivers again is just talking to a handful of customers. If you get around six to eight customers per segment that you want to talk to, so if you're trying to profile IT professionals um, and uh, as well as CEOs, you would want six to eight IT guys and six to eight CEOs. Um, but just talking to that handful, you'll, you'll start to recognize some common threads in, in the way that they think, why they got into what they're doing. And, and when you ask those, those questions about, you know, what gets them up out of bed every morning, you know, what really motivates them, you, you start to really uncover the things that are um, going to allow you as a brand to, to build trust with them and get them to, to listen to your message and, and get to that part of their brain where they're willing to be a little bit more open-minded and, and hear out what you have to say. Thank you, Terry. Ryan O'Neill, join us. What do you think? So I was actually, um, I just saw something from McKinsey Quarterly come through about, um, it's an article or a post that they made about marketing's new golden age. And one of the things they mentioned uh, as an example is um, speed and speed to market for companies like us um, is critical. And while a more traditional uh, way of thinking might might be that, hey, if we include the customers in the, or, or our uh, prospects in this discussion about what we bring to market, it'll just slow us down. If we just build it ourselves, we can do it quickly and we can put it in market and everybody will be happy and we'll have sales. What, what they have, have said is actually speed is actually a result of customer engagement or consumer engagement, if you will. So they use Google as an example and says Google puts you know their products in front of their customers on a regular basis and then iterate on, um, on the product or the service based on feedback from the customer. So it really comes down to, to that, that uh, well, building the trust, first of all. But then, as, as Terry said, you don't need a, a bunch of people to do this. You need a, a select group that are specific to what you want to achieve. You bring them into the development cycle, and all of a sudden, you're producing um, products more quickly that are being adopted more quickly by the end user. And what's even greater, and I think this is the part that, like, how does this scale? Then those customers become advocates. And then those customers, because they're now invested in the development, they go and and actually can manipulate, maybe manipulate, yeah, that's a good word. They manipulate the the experience that they're, that they're, uh, the people in their network experience with with your company. 
So now we, we talk about how this, this is a continuum and we don't know where they're coming in and where they're going out. Over time, if we do this effectively, we can actually have our customers advocate for us and then help new customers and prospects understand the right way to experience us. So for, from SAP's perspective, what's the best way to experience SAP? Now we have customers actually educating our new customers and prospects on how to do that. That's like, a, a, like an extended benefit of bringing the customer into the conversation early. Good point. Craig Borowski, Software Advice. Thoughts on what, what Ryan added, what Terry added? Talk to me. Uh, sure, yeah. I, I really enjoyed Terry's uh, story there about interviewing people and what they value in a mm-hmm. visit to a doctor. Um, that, was, that was interesting to hear, this, this thought that what consumers really want is they want to be cared about, they want to be yes. treated as a human being. Um, and that sort of resonated with some research we've done here. Um, one report in particular, we surveyed consumers uh, on their thoughts about calling into a, a call center and speaking with agents who sound very scripted and mm-hmm. robotic. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, our finding was basically that people much prefer unscripted sounding agents. They want to be talking to someone who, who feels like they're engaging in a real human conversation. Uh, that's what people prefer, um, but companies don't always provide that. Uh, those that do, I think, are doing very well. Um, take a look at, for example, Zappos, the online uh, shoe retailer. Uh, they've they've done extraordinarily well with their really different approach to customer service. Um, you know, typically a, a call center agent will be graded on how many calls they handle per hour or per day. Uh, Zappos kind of threw that old system of rating out the window, and they reward uh, their agents for staying on the phone longer, for having more personal, more human connections, and they're finding that it's working great. It, it brings people back. You know, they appreciate that level of service, that sort of different focus on the human interaction. Uh, it builds trust. As Terry pointed out, that's extremely important. Uh, and it really sets a, a solid foundation for uh, the relationship going forward. Interesting, Craig, Terry, and Ryan. I, I'm, it's harking back to me that there's a commercial on TV that's been on for quite a while where Two people on either side of a phone. One is customer service and the other is the customer calling the customer service line. I think it's a credit card commercial, but in in one particular one, the person on either side is the same. They look alike. They might be wearing different things. They might have a different hairdo. But in one case, it's one woman saying to the other, you mean I really get my credit score for free every month on my credit card statement and I don't have to pay for it? And the other girl says, yeah, that's what we offer you. Awesome sauce. And the one on the, the customer calling says, awesome sauce there's only one other person in the world who says that mary and she says barbara and and they're either sisters or cousins and they're obviously two sides of the same exact person in the ad and that's what we're talking about craig and terry and and right we're talking about you want to be treated like a person off script right craig right terry you don't want somebody who's sitting there reading a damn script that they read to everybody you want a real person anybody want to anybody seen that commercial anybody want to comment yeah i think uh ryan made a great point before that uh Often uh, companies can think of customer engagement sometimes as slowing them down, and I think they can also see it as an expense. But to the point that Craig was making, 
if you do it right and, and you spend the time to make a more human experience for your customers, in the long run, you're going to be more successful. You're going to do better. So, um, you know, don't just look to cut costs by having an automated telemarketing system. Think about the impacts that that really has on your customer base and, and how they're going to feel about those interactions with you and what you're doing to their trust. And it actually, no. I looked. I looked up Two Sisters in the commercial with Awesome Sauce. I Googled it, and it came up. It's Discover Card. So there. Go ahead. Who was talking? Yeah, and I, uh, it, was, it was Ryan. I was going to pop in, too, that it comes down to the old um, kind of sales strategy of mirroring your audience, right, and, and understanding and really kind of empathizing, I guess I w- would say, mm-hmm. um, with where they are and what they're trying to accomplish. And I, I'll go back to the comment I made in the beginning of the show where you have to first solve their immediate problem before you get the right to solve any other problems for them. And um, take that opportunity to really understand what they're, what they're calling in for, what their current issue is, resolve that, and then you have the opportunity to have more discussions. And um, bedside manners, boy, that's, that's, uh, that's something I'd like to see a lot more too. And it's, I it's think we all would. Yeah. It, it is. Ryan O'Neill, I want to get to some of the examples you have in the notes you sent me before the show. You say customer experiences are being transformed even at the most product level of an offering. You talk about meals at McDonald's. You have an example of Nike.com. You want to give us a couple of examples? I think they'd be interesting for our audience. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it was interesting to me because I was, I was thinking about, you know, different things, diff- different ways to show how things are being personalized and customized and um, the fact that I can go into McDonald's, and I, I'm old enough to remember when, when you got the sandwich that was on the menu, and that was it. And, you know, if, if it had pickles, you took them off and put them on the side after mm-hmm. you opened up the package, you know, in the car or whatever. Now oh, I yeah. can actually tell them exactly what they want. You know, Burger King says, have it your way. And we, we've been conditioned as consumers that, by golly, we should have it our way. There's no other way to get it except our way. And where it becomes really interesting is in, you know, a business-to-business environment where consumers come in and, and um, are now making purchase decisions for their companies, and their, their ex- expectations are exactly the same as when they're buying a pair of shoes on Nike. I have a 12-year-old son, and he says, hey, for, for Christmas, I, I would like uh, a new pair of shoes, and I want my my last name on the back of the shoe, and I want my number on the back of the shoe. And I said, great, let's go on Nike.com and get that done. That's amazing. And what, what's even more interesting is, as you can imagine, that's a more expensive shoe than you would find at the store. So now he has he has valued the personalization higher, and I, I don't know Nike's um, you know, operating, operating cost model or anything like that, but I would imagine that a higher price shoe with some addition might produce higher uh, margins. So that's my assumption, but the bottom line is he, he got exactly what he wanted and he was willing to pay more for it, and, and he did actually pay for it, which is great. But, um, but that, that's the experience that he expects, and then as he grows older and works in, you know, moves into uh, a business environment, he will have that, those expectations of the companies that he deals with. Reminds me of a famous scene from the movie Five Easy Pieces with Jack Nicholson. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ryan, Craig, Terry? Mm, Anybody? I'm afraid I don't. All right. He asked for a side order of toast from the waitress in the diner. And she said, we don't have side order of toast. I'll give you an English muffin or a coffee roll. He says, what do you mean you don't have any sides? You make sandwiches. She said, hey, I don't make the rules. You want to talk to the manager? So here's how he did it. He said, I'll make it easy for you. I'd like an omelet, 
plain, and a chicken salad sandwich on wheat toast, no mayonnaise, no butter, no lettuce, and a cup of coffee. So the waitress says, number two to the to the uh, cook, chicken without blah, 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 hold the butter, hold the lettuce, hold the mayonnaise, a cup of coffee, anything else. He says, now that I, all you have to do is hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me a check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't broken any rules. So all he did was he wanted a damn piece of toast, so he had to give her the number two on the menu and just delete everything in order to get it. Ryan, can you imagine having to go through that's one of the most famous scenes in the movie you can google it any anybody remember this now or am i the only one old enough to know this? <laughs> well, I, I okay. don't remember it but i'd be willing to bet he didn't return to that same restaurant probably not point. yep very very great that's right and talking about the customer journey in the marketing funnel he didn't want it so he had to figure a way to break the rules without having the waitress break the rules and get fired so we could get his blank blank blank, blank piece blank, of toast <laughs> Listen, we're almost ready to go to break, so I'm just going to open this up and ask anybody want to add anything before we take a break and come back with our predictions. We have two or three minutes before break. Craig, any points you want to add? Terry, Ryan, talk to me. Anybody say your name. I'd love to add a point. That's a a great reference from from that movie, and I think what we're starting to get to, though, is that consumers are starting to get um, smart, and uh, they they don't need to um, find those workarounds anymore because there are other brands out there. There's technology out there that's really adapting to to what their needs are. And take Google for instance. You can do a search on Google today, and if I search uh, that movie about Martin Luther King Jr., then I come up up with search results about Selma. And and you know Google is is really smart about understanding the intent that customers have and not necessarily just looking at the words that they are searching for. And, and so uh, they're making mm-hmm. it much more convenient for customers to, to get it their way and get it their way faster. And I think as brands, we need to um, take that approach as well. And, and like Google, I think there's ways in which we can use data to do that. I actually would, would, add, mm-hmm. I would add to that too because I think uh, people are moving more and more um, into a kind of a transaction-based engagement where – and I use the example, this is a timely example, but TurboTax, um, you know, now is the time where we all kind of prepare taxes and stuff. And, and we have, we now, we know that we can go online and we can use the TurboTax software for the period of time that we want to use it. And then we can get the value and we're willing to pay a certain amount for the value that we get out of that. And then we don't worry about it again for another 11 months. And that transaction-based pricing and that, that transaction-based engagement, again, Companies have to adapt to this because the old days of selling software and installing software on laptops, particularly mm-hmm. in that space, is probably diminishing. So you have now the opportunity that customers are saying, I only want to pay for what I want, and I'm willing to pay what I believe is a fair amount. And, you know, company A, you have to figure out how to deliver that for that amount. And then um, when I'm ready to pay, when I'm ready to, to get value from something else, I'll pay for that at the amount I'd like to pay, and that, that's a very dynamic relationship. And it has changed, certainly. Thank you, Craig Borowski, Terry Sun, and Ryan O'Neill. I'm going to give you all a break, just about 60 seconds, so don't go anywhere. And I say the same to our audience. When we come back, we're going to launch into our crystal ball predictions round. I'm going to ask Craig Borowski 
to look ahead into the future, Craig, can you see clearly to the year 2020? What would you say about the modern customer journey? We're already forgetting the traditional marketing funnel, so you can skip that. But what would you say is going to be on the table in terms of awareness, agility, flexibility, the right people in the right roles, the overlap or inter juxtaposition of marketing and sales, the right people talking to the right customer about the right experiences, and people being willing to, play, willing to pay more for personalized experience. So you're going to lead off our predictions, and we'll follow up with Terry Sun at White Rhino and Ryan O'Neill at SAP. And in your predictions, before you start, Craig, I want you to tell us just one sentence about what Software Advice does. And Terry, when we get to you, one sentence about what, what Ryan, White Rhino, boy, that's a hard one, does. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Predictions coming up. You don't want to miss it. Michael, out. <laughs> Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. A global revolution is taking place, shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built. This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers. They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens. They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. Here we are, and as Clint Black would say, wherever you go, there you are, and that's exactly where we are. You're listening to The Customer Edge, and we're wrapping up on our topic today, A Modern Customer Journey. Forget the marketing funnel. We're way past that already. Craig Borowski, Software Advice, one sentence on what you do there, and then tell us how far in the future, and tell us your predictions. Craig, go ahead. All right. Well, at Software Advice, we spend our days researching uh, software solutions, learning about challenges businesses face, and then we help businesses find the right software for their organization. Uh, as far as looking into the future, uh, I'm comfortable with about 10 years, any more than that. Mm -hmm. My crystal ball gets a bit hazy. Um, as far as the changes we expect, there's going to be an increasing demand for self-service, customer service channels. Um, people like to help themselves. They prefer it. Um, they want quick, easy answers to their questions. Self-service provides that, so we expect many companies to be looking to improve their self-service offerings. Uh, we see less siloing of departments within companies. There's going to be more interdepartmental cooperation, communication, um, and software will be the tool they use to, to drive that change. Um, it's not all rosy, though. I think companies are going to face some difficult choices when it comes to software. Uh, it's already a fairly 
overwhelming prospect to go out looking for software for your company. Um, and those are decisions that take time and effort, and the wrong decision can uh, have repercussions. So that's, that's another challenge uh, businesses will face. Um, lastly, I would say mobile compatibility, uh, smartphones, tablets. People are using their mobile devices for more and more activities these days, um, everything from research about products to end-user support. Uh, so we expect companies to put a lot of time and effort into improving the user experience via mobile devices. Thank you very much, Craig Borowski at Software Advice. Terry Sun, White Rhino, what do you do there? And then give us your predictions. Sure. Well, White Rhino, we're a uh, strategic marketing and communications agency, and we use a mix of psychology and, and game mechanics to build engaging customer experiences that, that build that trust that we talked about earlier that, that's so mm-hmm. important. Um, and my prediction for the future, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I hope it's someday soon, is this idea that I have of customer serendipity. And it's the idea that we have all this data and technology at our disposal, and when we can use that to not just understand where someone is in their buyer's journey, but also to deliver exactly the right content that they need at that given moment, um, it will feel like a pleasant surprise uh, to our audience, but it's really anything but coincidence. It's something that you planned, and, and that's why I call it customer serendipity. And again, I hope we get there someday soon. Thank you very much. How far out in the future? Come on, take a stab at it, Terry. You think in the next five years, ten years? What do you, what do you see optimistically? I would say between five to ten years, we should be able to make it. And, and if we haven't, then I'd be really worried. Okay, well, we don't want you to worry. So everybody listening, go ahead and make Terry's wish come true. Thank you very much. We're a little bit ahead of schedule here, so I'm going to give Ryan O'Neill a full two minutes for your predictions. Ryan, what do you see in the crystal ball, and how far out can you predict? So I kind of already predicted my prediction. I think um, a, a bit of what I spoke about right before the break is um, is really what I was uh, what I think we're we're looking at here, and that is this kind of uh, demand based consumption model where uh, customers are engaging um, in times where they need something, they're willing to pay for it at that moment, and then they move on and they, they kind of, I guess, in a bit of a uh, um, attention deficit uh, kind of way are, are moving on to the next, the next thing and taking care of the next, um, the next desire they have or, or need they, they need met. Um, I think that it's, uh, that it's really going to be about a couple of things, uh, end, end user experience is actually going to be a key component of that. So understanding that there's a sales cycle, but then there's post-sale and, and understanding how, from a customer service standpoint, um, we support that post-sale because the better we are at supporting the post-sale, the better, um, the more likely that they're going to be returning customers and, and actually building that trust that, that Terry talked about. And, um, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is, you know, Uber and how they have kind of adopted this already. And, and I think that as companies that are providing um, similar or related or, or uh, unrelated technologies or solutions, we have to look at um, where we bring the, um, the, the connection between the, the ultimate need of the consumer and how we deliver that in a, a on-demand and real-time basis. And I think it's really going to come down to, um, understanding analytics, understanding behaviors, triggers, uh, signals, um, using internal data from our internal systems and connecting that to external data, social media, and, and things like that. And 
bringing it all together in a single view and then being able to take action as a marketer or as a business, uh, as a business manager, taking action on that data in real time is going to be able to ultimately get to that idea that, that Terry shared, which is, um, you know, that, that serendipitous moment where we've actually achieved a complete synergy between, oh, I, I use the word synergy, uh, a complete synergy between what they're looking for and what we're delivering. Thank you very much. Well put, all three of you. I have my own predictions, and I'm pretty sure they're going to happen very quickly. Yesterday was Tuesday, and we introduced a brand-new mini-series here on Game Changers Radio. It's called Digital World with Game Changers. I can predict with great assurance that next Tuesday we will introduce, debut, and launch a new show called Transforming Your Business with Game Changers as Tuesday, February 10th, which will share the Tuesday 10 a.m. Eastern time slot with Digital World. Very exciting. I can also predict that February 17th we'll introduce a new show called Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers Tuesdays at noon Eastern. The following week, a new series called Business Innovation with Game Changers. And wrapping up our new five-part introduction, we will launch a new show called Wait For It, Wait For It. Terry, you'll love this one. Game Changing Women is coming to the Business Channel on March 3rd. So I've got five new series launching. Very, very exciting. And let's see, tomorrow, well, back to business as usual. We'll be talking about the future of business with Game Changers. Very timely topic. What about the final frontier, that application layer? Is that how the security, data security breaches are happening? These hackers are infiltrating that application layer. You're going to want to hear from the experts. I want to thank Craig Borowski and Stephen Kofal at Software Advice, Terry Sun at White Rhino, Ryan O'Neill at SAP, Lana Smith, thanks for hosting, for sponsoring this series. Always glad to see you tweeting, and thanks to Stephen for tweeting as well. Michael and the Business Channel team, kudos as usual. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you tomorrow on the future of business. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.